23 to Deuteronomy chapter 2. Um, so, at least thank God we are starting from the part where Numbers was beginning to have some stories and all yeah. in between. Yeah, so let me let you start. Let's start with you. Okay, I I hope I'll be able to do something to the link right now. And also uh, work with time. Okay, so <laughs> I think we should get straight into this. Do I don't have to put the whole thing off? So, can you hear me? Yes, I can. <clears throat> okay, so growing up, most of us actually reading the Bible, we always try to avoid numbers as far. <clears throat> There's a lot of I don't understand. Sometimes going through it can be like torture sometimes. But I don't really understand. This one this mm-hmm. is just a lot of things. Then you know, getting to chapter 23 actually, like you said, we and it's actually one of the chapters where people love to quote a particular verse where they say that um God is not a man that he should lie. And then uh, yeah. he said that he will do and stuff like that. So it's just it's just amazing how some people might not even know to remember that particular scripture came from. So let me just go straight into it. So here we can see where Balaam actually had an um, issue with the children of Israel. Oh, they had issues with, with yeah, he had issues with them and he was really going all out. He just wanted to cross them. That was it for him. I don't know actually where the whole stuff started from, but all I know and I see is that there is a particular man who does not like a particular tribe and go to any place, yeah. make sure. And it was actually, I, I feel, I feel it was from fear. He had this. It was from a place of fear, like these people are coming, and mm-hmm. if I don't get rid of them on time, they are going to finish me. So let me finish them before they come and finish me. And you know, it's just, it's just funny how. He must have thought of this that the best thing to do was to get God to cross his people. I don't know how that sounds, I don't know whether it sounded logical to him anyway. For God to actually practically cross the same people that he had blessed, that one would be bad girl because it will contradict a whole lot of things that God stands for. So, mm-hmm. let's just jump straight. <laughs> So you know, um, number twenty-three, like I was saying, Balaam was angry. He wanted, he wanted to really force Israel, and he felt he needed to go through God, who already blessed them. Then he went to a man. He went to Balak, and he told Balak that, okay, well, let's just do something. I really want you to force Israel for me, but before you do it, let us do something. And what they did was to make a sacrifice. And then the scripture says that they uh, built um, seven altars and then they also prepared seven bulls and seven rams. That was what they prepared. Only to cost yeah. one particular nation. They tried Russia. So, as in as the as as money. As cannot actually go with your bar, so he sent Balak. And when Balak wanted to go, Balak said, okay, no problem. Just stand with these offerings. This, he said, stand with your old bond offering while I go. And when Balak mm-hmm. went to pray, and he got back, you know, when he got back, he just saw, he saw that he met Balak actually stationed beside the old box of the he didn't leave. And all of a sudden, we see when nobles of Moab, 
I was wondering where those people were anyway, but all of a sudden they were together with him. And you know, Balaam was very happy. He was like, speak, oh man of God. <laughs> Just in my own English, actually. You know, he was so excited. He was really, really excited that he was sure. That's why sometimes, you know, what I actually got from that particular scripture is about people who who always um, think that if they can give God something, it can give them something back in return. So they always go to God when they need Him to do something for them more than they can go to Him. You know, sometimes we, we need to realize that what God can do for us is actually more than what we can do for Him. And the best we can do for Him is just to serve Him, bring souls into the kingdom oh, and stuff like that. But what God can actually do for us is actually more than all of that. So you can imagine how Bala must have been so stupid in his own wisdom, thinking that getting those sacrifices done, standing and all of those things to just change God's mind. There are some things that actually changes the move of God, but not in a negative way. Are we together? So he yeah. stood there and he was so happy. He was like, now that Balak is there, he was telling Balak, he said, go and curse Israel for me. And you know, when Balak actually went up to pray, God already told him what to tell Balak. Then Balak just said that, um, I'm going to be reading from um, message translation because I really love message translation. He was like, how can I curse who God has not cursed? How can I damn who God has not damned? From rough pinnacles I see, and from insults I survey them. Look at people camping off by themselves, thinking themselves outsiders among nations. But who could ever count the dust of Jacob or take a census of proud of dust Israel? And you know, that particular part, I, I, I actually felt that maybe Balaam should have learned his lessons and just you know, move on and stuff like that. But you know, the man, so that seemed sure for him, but he said no. He didn't accept. He said, I, I told you to curse a particular people and you are here blessing them. Yeah, How blessing does this work? Then he said, okay, maybe in this particular location, let's move to another location. So they went to another place. They got there, they did the same sacrifice again. They told Balak again that please go back and pray. Then come back to tell me whatever. Like just, I, I don't think, I actually don't think Balak was coming to, well, I don't think he was expecting Balak to come back and tell him what God said. I think it was just like, just come and curse these people for me. That was what I was so interested about. And then he went again, he came back, he met um, Balaam the same place he told him to stay. And this is, um, I think this is where we get these scriptures that we all love to quote. Yeah. Then God told him, he said, on your feet, Balak, listen. Listen carefully, son of Zippo. God is not a man, one given to life. That is, God is not a man that he should lie. Does it speak and not do what he says? Does it promise and not come true? I was brought here to bless and now is blessed. How can I change that? So, you know, when people actually say that there, there, there is nothing God can do, I actually don't totally agree because there are some things he won't do. There are some things he can never do. This is one of them. Yes. And yes, bring himself. If God wants to solo to start, you know, to cost whoever he is. If God has loved us, he has loved us once, and for all that is why the sacrifice of his son jesus christ was done once and for all and it's not it's something we have to keep doing every time and every time that and that that is why no matter how many times you sin no matter how many times you feel you walk out of god's love god still got you his love while his love actually for you would not change because you deviated or because you decided to go into something else his love doesn't work like that 
And the fact that you've not come into the realization of who Christ is, you've not accepted him as your Lord and personality, but still has not changed anything. God has loved you. It's like it's like um opening an account. No, don't let me say opening an account with some of this online banking stuff. And you know, when you open, they will tell you that you have maybe 100 naira or 200 naira there already. Then you just need to pay more and stuff like that. The 200 naira was not what you paid, it's just what you are you are entitled to by virtue of opening that account. That is how we yeah. can actually lighten God's love for us. Once we are created, even before we were born, he knew us. So before we even got to this age, he already has his permanent love fixed on us. So he was not going to change it, whether you accept him or not, he loves you. And that is why we, we always um, um, encourage Christians to keep winning souls for Christ, because people really need to come into the realization of who Christ is and his love for us. So let me rush because I need a whole lot of reading and I don't think am I the only one taking all the scriptures today? I'm not the only one. No, no, no. We're doing it together. Yes, yes. Thank you. Okay, so let's just rush down to um, chapter twenty-four. That was the same thing that happened. Yeah, it's still the it's not that particular place was not was the problem. So sometimes when God actually says something, we always think he didn't say it right. Or we always think maybe you know sometimes when people actually make and ask questions like, how do you hear from God? Sometimes it's a little bit difficult for me to explain. Because even if I explain to you, I would have explained to you how God speaks to me sometimes than me to have yeah. explained to how, because God speaks to us in different ways. Different ways. Some people need to, you know, sit down every morning, take an hour, about two or three, and really do their quiet time. Some people, have to maybe sleep late so they don't have the luxury of time to probably wake up that early to give that amount of time to understand as they are quiet and mm-hmm. but as they are waking up as they are washing cleaning preparing for work they are praying on the spot as they are doing all those things so the way god speaks to us is actually different there, there was a particular yeah. um um thing said one time that um there was a particular lady going for she was going to work and she was going to do evangelism in the bus. And God just told her, she said, God told her not to wear that particular clothes she was going to wear. Left to her, she's like, why? She said, wear something else. Don't use, it. don't use your earrings and don't do makeup. And when she, you know, she was right there, she just cooperated. She got to the bus, she, she preached in the bus. And because of the way she appeared, a particular lady gave her life to Christ. So the way God speaks to us is different. God might actually speak to, to people, some people maybe in their dreams, some people it might look at you, there is a voice speaking to you. So you know, when people now start saying, how does God speak out of, you know, a lot of contradictions. Why am I trying to point out all this? Is that Balaam actually felt the location was the issue. Oh, I don't think this is God. I think this is my, this is me. This is the evil spirit that is talking. I think this is the devil. Uh-uh. Sometimes when God just says go, some people say that God is too simple. God is supposed to tell me that go and show forth your mirror. No, sometimes it's that simple. Go. So Balaam was mm. He just felt something was yeah. wrong. So it kind of, to... it kind of reminds me of um, when God showed up to Elijah, and then he was not in the fire, he was not in the, in the earthquake and everything, and it was just the still small voice. Yeah, like yeah. sometimes we we tend to um somebody says god speaks to me in a dream or god appeared to me in my room and then we always want that kind of that person's experience yeah. instead of you trying to find out exactly how god speaks to you personally yeah. 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 That's, that's so 
Sha, that the Bala Sha is a very stubborn person. So he went, he went to, they went to another place, they relocated. They are going all around the world. So he said, the Bible says that by now, Bala realized that God wanted to bless Israel. So he didn't walk in any sorcery as he had done earlier. He turned and looked out over the wilderness as Balaam looked. He saw Israel come tribe by tribe. The Spirit of God came on him and spoke his oracle me- and sorry, and he spoke his oracle message. And after that one again, he went to tell Balaam that Balaam, this, 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 this. In fact, the, the, the scripture says that said decree to decree of Balaam's son of Baal, yes, decree of a man with twenty ten position. Decree of a man who hears God speak, who sees this, who sees what the strong God shows him, who falls on his face in worship, who sees what's really going on and go like that, like that, like that. Then Balak lost his temper with Balaam and he shook his fist. Mm. He said to Balaam, I got you in here to cross my enemy. And what have you done? Blessed them, blessed them, I mean, three times. Get out of here, go. I told you <laughs> I would pay you well, but you are getting nothing. You can blame God. I don't understand. Oh, let me check message. I love the translation. <laughs> just check. All this thing I just said is in chapter is in sorry, chapter 24, verse 10. Yeah. Say go home. I was going to pay you well, but you are getting lost here. You can blame God. Then Balaam said to Balak, <laughs> Did I tell you up front when you sent your emissaries? Even if Balak gave me his palace stopped with silver and gold. I couldn't do anything on my own, whether good or bad, that went against God's command. So I'm living for home and my people, but I want your what these people would do to your people in the days to come. Then he spoke his oracle message. He gave back that same that same message that he had delivered earlier. And he said Balaam spotted Amalek and delivered an oracle message. He said, Amalek, you are in the first place among nations right now, but you are going to come in last. Ruined. And I was just like, yeah, maybe if these people are doing, they shouldn't have just said anything. Like, after the second destination, because immediately Balak provoked Balan. They're not some kind of prophet, is just started coming out. Because ordinarily, I don't think those messages were, there was no cost there. So just God keep, God was just um, repeating his blessings and he was blessing Israel more. But when they provoked Balan, I mean, when they provoked Balak, Balak now said, okay, come, he's like, something is doing you people. And he spoke to him and said, you are the first now, I believe you do the last, you ruined. The last, you ruined. It means that you, the, the, like, mm-hmm. they will be so ruined that even the last position, I don't think they will even be there. So, you know, that, that just shows how some people need to, some people need to really know, they need to identify when God has blessed a man and when he has tried to curse a man. You know, it was just like at some point, whenever there is an issue or a controversy about pastors or whatever, I'm always being careful with what I see. Because if God has called them, he's faithful. If he has blessed them and he has anointed them, then who are you to go against them? No matter who they are, no matter whatever manifestation of the flesh you see, leave them to God. That's why you shouldn't be the judge in this. Are we together? So, chapter 23 was just talking about um, the um, when um, some um, yes, when Israel was camped at Shemit, their men began to have sex with the uh, Moabite women. So, it's you know, sometimes actually, when I look at Israel, sometimes in the Bible, 
Oui, like, it's not even as if these people have really done so well or so much. It's just like David. The Bible says that David is a man after God's own heart. So, I mean, I just look at it like, do you know how many atrocities this man committed? And God, for God to say that this is a man after. And we didn't see anywhere in the Bible, after the particular verse of the Bible, where it was reversed that David is no more a man after God's own heart. And I think, if I'm correct, David was the only person with yes. much accolades. Yes. No other person in the Bible was said to be a man after God. I think the reason why God said he was a man after his own heart was because of how David probably worshipped God. Or, I don't even really understand, but there was a deep connection between them. That's why I was saying, that was why I said earlier that it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter how, how you how far or how well you move out of God's love or God's um, God's um, kindness or whatever for you or God's grace, there's always this permanent fixed love for you, and there's nothing you can actually do about it. So I can remember that when I rededicated my life to Christ on campus, there was a particular prayer that someone led in church, in fellowship rather, and the person said that we should pray that. As God has called us into His grace, called us into His love, that we should pray that God should set tongues around us so much that whenever we try to go out of God's love, those tongues will actually trick us and we run back into His grace. Um, Nikki, I will take that again. I said that I remember when I rededicated my life to Christ and was in a fellowship, I think it's yeah, tax fund. And a particular lady led it for him. She said we should pray that as God has brought us into his love, into his grace, into his mercy, that we should pray that God should set tongues around us. Remember even Ethan, I like which one is tongues again? Which one is well on top blessing? Say God should set tongues around us so much that when we try to move out of God's love or God's grace, those tongues should prick us and we run back into his grace. And I think those things should be discipline. Uh, those tones should be disciplined. Because those are the things that bring people. Hmm. And you know, sometimes we pray that our relationship gets to a particular level with God. Yeah. Sometimes we want God to relate with us as a father. And some people even say that if only God can just command you, go, go. We want God to act like a military father to you. But when he does, you don't even know. Because you are still not yet to listen. So some people really sometimes pray for what they cannot handle. And when God is not giving them, but when they, have, when they feel they have not gotten there, they feel God has neglected them or God does not love them. So here, I don't know, there's just something special about Israel that God knows. Because imagine these people that God just blessed. All of a sudden, their men began to have sex with these people again. I don't understand. But they said that it started when the women invited the men to their sex and religion worship. You know, they ate together and they worshipped their gods. So Israel ended up joining in the worship of Baal. And this makes me remember the thing, uh, the story of King Solomon. You know, Solomon had a lot of concubines. And he was doing a lot of things and getting away with it until he married, he got, he got attached to a concubine and led, him, led his mind or his heart against God. And he had to actually worship another god. But yet, in the Bible, which, um, Solomon was the wisest king. I still haven't seen anybody with another accolade as high as that. So, you know, so, and, and I actually, I'm, I'm speaking from the understanding of the particular scripture 
that says that shall we continue in sin that grace may abound says God forbid how can we that we are already in Christ do you understand so we, we need to understand that even if some of these people actually have this issue that's why I that they did this they did that God loved them and God does not know how to unlock he does not know how to take people away from it and having, having access to his mercy he does not know how to do all of that so when he loves you he loves you and when he says something about you or calls you a name that is it so um going forward so god said to moses take all the leaders of israel and kill them by anger leaving them publicly exposed in order to turn god's anger away from israel as we know there are some ways that we need to atone for sins as that um that was in the old testament but in the new testament jesus came into the world because of his love he died for our sins and since then there was nothing like sacrifice for forgiveness of sin anymore all we needed to do was to go back to god whenever we feel we must have sinned or we must have done something to cut us short of his glory we go back to him we talk to our father we don't say father in jesus name, please oh forgive me no he said, Father, I come before your throne of mercy and I accept forgiveness. So, you know, that's how I know how to pray for forgiveness. I don't know how to stand in it and say, God, please, God, you must forgive me. Like, I have my cross, you know. So, this that's why the, the way things were actually done in the Old Testament is quite different from how it was done in the New Testament and how we are applying it to our daily lives now. So, as for a good boy, Moses just issued the order to judges of Israel and he said each of you must execute the men under his jurisdiction who joined the worship of Baal. So God made sure that all the worshippers of Baal, that the, I mean the leaders, they were taken away. Why? God knows that the problem was not the people worshipping with them. God knows that the problem was with the leaders. And that is the same thing when, we, when, when it comes to the body of Christ today. Sometimes when people do things, it's not because they are really at fault for faith. Sometimes it might be what the leaders have introduced them to. That's why when we are praying for Nigeria, we are always praying that God should touch the heart of our leaders, God should do this, God should do that. It's always about leaders, leaders, leaders. You understand? So, I don't know. So I think that was, um, yeah, I think that was where Phineas and all of them, that was where they came yeah. to, that, uh, the sons of Aaron, the priest. That was when they also came into the picture and um, <clears throat> those ones today were committing a lot of atrocities. Whenever there is a sacrifice made for God, you know, they take the fattest, like they, they take the good and the best from the sacrifice and leave the leftover for God. And you know that they also suffer for that. So let's rush, let's rush, let's rush. We still have a lot. Um, so, Enrique, I think you should contribute to it too. Nikki, are you with me? Yeah. So, okay. um, for the um, the other I had about um, yes, yes, I'm here. Okay, so from from that point, we see here. God told Moses how he was not going to enter the conflict. Um, uh, yeah, he told Moses to, he told him, he showed him, I think that was in, let me see if that was not chapter 30, 
Okay, so I'm here. Okay. Yeah, so I said I wanted okay. about um from chapter twenty-three about Balaam and ba- and um, Balak. Okay. You know, um in let me see, I think verse verse twenty Okay. Um I'm coming, sorry. that part where um yeah where Balak told Balaam that he should get out of his presence because he told him to come and curse some people and he didn't and then it was like I told you I was going to bless you but I was going to pay you well but because you did not do what I asked you to do you can go and blame God that's your business yes so I love I love the response Balaam gave him it was like didn't I tell you up front when you sent your people that even if you gave me a whole palace stuffed with gold and silver I would not do anything that God would not yeah. have me do. I believe this is what this is the kind of stand that we believers should have. We should not we should have that at the back of our minds from the very beginning before we step into anything. That even if anybody is going to give me anything at all, I would not compromise my standard. And what is my standard? The word of God. Whatever God has said I should do is what I would do. I am not going to say that because this person promised me gold and silver, this person promised me this and that. What has God told you about a particular thing? What is that thing that God has said you should do? What is that thing he has said you should not do? At that point, that should be your standard. Then if anybody now comes and says, do something contrary to that, you already know where you are drawing your your um your key points from and it is the word of god so we should not be wavering i love how yeah. balaam stood his ground um something came to mind now you can remember this um prophet i can't remember where in the scripture a young prophet that was sent by god to a particular king of israel and then when he got to that king he delivered the message he was sent to deliver but then god told him not to go back the way he came but on his way Okay. He met an older prophet that said, "Oh, don't worry. God, um, God said you can stop by and you know just relax and eat and do this and do that." And then he stopped by, and he stayed with that older prophet, and then he heard and everything. But on his way, when he was not going at the end of the day, he was killed on the way by an animal or something. Yeah. Why? Because he did not obey God to the letter. He did not do exactly what God told him. God said, do not go the same way you came. So he was supposed to just go and then go another way without staying one extra minute in that city or in that town, as the case may be. I posted something on my Instagram and Facebook today that prompts obedience and attention. Those are like, it's just something that has been really coming to my mind a lot lately. It is one thing for God to tell you to do some things and another thing for you to do it exactly how he said. Thank God Balaam obeyed God and did exactly as God said. And if we read um, chapter, I think chapter 22, we can see the battle that happened first with the, um, with the donkey yeah. that had to talk and everything. Sometimes God might, not, yeah. God might not give us that privilege of warning us ahead over and over. As might just be like that young prophet that God will just tell you go and do this and you have to do it like that. Hell, the consequences will be very grievous. 
So what I'm just trying to draw from that place is we should not let people entice us with whatever. Let your standard be God accept. What I'm going to do. The, um, the okay, so children of Israelites when they went um, So from what um Rika said, just brings me brings my attention to chapter 30. Like following the matter, but chapter 30 is actually talking about vows. The Sabbath spoke to the end of the tribe of the people of Israel. So this is what God commands. When a man makes a vow to God or binds himself by an oath to do something, he must not break his word. He must do exactly what he has said. Exactly what he has said. He said, just like when a woman makes a vow to God and binds herself by a pledge, as a young girl still living in her father's house, and her father hears of her vow or pledge, but says nothing to her, then she has to make good on all her vows and pledges. But if her father holds her back when he hears of what she has done, none of her vows and pledges are valid. God will release her since her father held her back. So, there's something about entering covenant with God. You know, sometimes because most of us are used to it, I'm saying most of us, so it doesn't sound as if um, some of us are righteous than the other. No, in fact, the Bible says that it's not by the works of righteousness that we have done, they have saved us, but by His love and His grace. So, most of us are used to, you know, it's just like people who live off people. So, some of you, some, some people actually live off God. What am I trying to say? They are so particular about what God can do. So that's why when you see people in a particular situation, they start running back to God. They are so, and the thing is that they are so crowded by whatever is going on with them that they cannot even seem to hear God at that point in time. Sometimes God really wants to talk to you when you are calm. But some people, they are not even calm in their particular issue or situation. They They are just rushing God on everything. And I always tell people that God is not a magician. You know, people will always say, themselves. I always tell them that's not scripture in the Bible. What me, I understand mm-hmm. is faith without works is dead. So, you know, a lot of people are watching God. They think God is a magician. They think they can come to him today, ask for this thing, get it and leave. God does not want you to always come and take and go. He wants you to come, learn how to take and have, then stay. So that other people through you can also learn the same thing. But some of us, we big, you know, cater our lives to Christ. Next day is 2000 or 2001, and this is 2021. And some of us, when we look at the spiritual realm, some of us are still babies. We are still taking sincere milk. We are not, we are not got, we've not got to the level where we can eat bone. So what, what am I trying to say is that sometimes when people need something from God, they are so in a hurry that. They will just tell God, hey, some God, any anything, I will make sure I complete the building in the church. I will make sure I do this. I'm, I'm in okay. um, chapter 13 now. 
I will make sure I build um, something for the church. I will buy a generator. I will buy a car for the pastor. I will buy this. I will buy that. And finally, when God does it, they will just yeah. forget. And I'm like, how can you make a vow when you really needed something? You got it and you forgot. Then I understood the the the, the, the concept of people who don't have much money having money later and forgetting their humble beginning. You know, it just flows into each other. There are so many principles that we actually got from the Bible. You know, so in, in this particular chapter 30, he's saying that when you make a vow, stay yeah. true to it. Stay true to it. Don't don't say that God is that and what we need to know is not is that if you don't do it, God is not going to stop blessing you because his blessings are not conditional. His love is not conditional. So it's not as if it's conditioned on the part on the fulfillment of a particular thing. You only told God that God, if you can do this for me, sometimes I love to dear God. God, if you can do this, um, and at that point in time, I really don't want to do for something very easy for me to do. I really want to challenge myself. If you can do this for me, God, I will do this too. I'm not saying that if I don't put something, if I don't attach something like a vow, I'm not saying God will yeah. still not be God. I'm not saying God will still not do it. I'm just saying that there is a power when it comes to covenant. God values and cherishes covenant. The same covenant he had with Abraham, the same covenant he had with Israelites. Imagine, because of that covenant, someone came up and said, curse these people. And he said they won't curse them, not because they are righteous, not because some of them are not still worshipping God or, uh, sorry, there are other small, smaller gods, but because of his covenant. So covenant, God's covenant is sure. God's covenant is pure and is always going to be completed. So many of us need to learn that. So if, if you are listening to this right now, you need to understand, maybe you need to go to, you need to understand, understand the concept of wow. You might need to go to number chapter 30. It's really a thing because we can't really touch every single aspect mm-hmm. of vow. But God expects that you fulfill that vow. Don't say that and be careful when you are saying it. Don't let your emotion override your sense of belief. Yeah, very it's true. Just like you are, if you look at if you are going to God and you are presenting what you don't have. See, I always tell people that when you want to challenge God, that God do this and I will do this. Let it be on some serious things. I want to say serious things. I want to say problems. It doesn't have to be problems. So some people should not always, people shouldn't think that they must come to God with something before God can do something for them. No. What did you give to God before you woke up this morning? Nothing. It's not, it's not just normal that you say and you woke up. That's not normal. It is because there is a particular God that doesn't sleep, he doesn't slumber. His covenant is sure. He said it's not like you satisfy and show you salvation. So it is there. That covenant is certain. So many people really need to understand covenant and God. Maybe that will help you. So maybe people need to get that. Then in um, Numbers chapter 31, except Nikkei, if you have something to say about chapter 30. Okay, so um, chapter number 31, there was, um, we could see that um, there was actually a war. Something happened, God spoke to Moses and he told Moses to avenge his people for him. He said, avenge the people of Israel on the Midianites. 
an altar was supposed to be with your dead ancestors. So there was there was going to be a war, and God wanted to avenge. So um, then going straight to number thirty-three, we saw where um they had to go from jordan to jericho and um, i'm just trying to really rush things because we may still need to okay so you know it's just interesting that moses spent a lot of time with the israelites really and since we'll be stopping at let, let me just jump right into the um, deuteronomy it says this, that the Simon's Moses preached to all Israel when they were east of Jordan River in the Harava wilderness, opposite south in the vicinity of Paran. You know, all this um, book of the Bible with mm-hmm. a lot of history. They said this was on the first day of the 11th month of the 40th year that Moses addressed the people of Israel. He was telling them everything God had commanded him concerning the, them, I mean, concerning the Israelites. He said this came after he had defeated Siom, king of Amorites. Who ruled over Ezbon and all kings of Bashan who ruled over Ashtaroth in Edri? It was east of the Jordan in the land of Moab, and Moses says how to explain this revelation. So, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, basically, it was uh, Moses preaching to the Israelites on the plains of Moab. On the plains of Moab. He said, God has spoken to us. He said, We have stayed long enough at this mountain. He now said, On our way now, will get moving and for the Amorite hills wherever people are living in the arab the mountains the foothills the seashore the canine country and the lebanon all the way to the big river he said look i have given you this land now go in and take it it's the land god promised to give your ancestors abraham isaac and jacob and their children after them so we can see that actually going from about that um numbers chapter let's say 33 let's just say that going to Deuteronomy is actually God preparing his people, Israelites fighting war, and God also showing them the land that he has given to them. You know, coming into last year, I remember there was a particular that was praying at the chapel and God said, I have given to you last week. And you know, it's funny because there's a lot of people that heard that particular word that I have given you last week, conquer, or I have given you last week, take over, or I have given you what you know, a lot of people have heard this. You know, last year, a lot of spiritual brothers, both the serious one and the serious, a lot of people will come and tell you a lot of things. And I didn't know how exactly God has called me and has given this particular land to me. I didn't know really. Until that's why sometimes when God says a thing, it's just like your lecturer coming to class, taking you a topic, and thinking that since they are taking you that topic in class that day, you know everything, you don't need to go back to it. No. You need to go back to it, break it down to your own understanding. And the way you can break it down to your understanding is when you study. So that's something about the word of God that we need to know. So when he told me, I was actually wondering, okay, so you walk away because a lot of people, you are giving them this land and they've been conquering since I don't understand how I'm coming. And I realized later that my call was actually attached to it. So in the little circle God has given me, I was able to do my best. So sometimes when God says that I have given you this, some people just jump down. God has given me last week. They go about 
telling people, you know, a lot, we hear a lot of prophecies when I was in school. We need this, you hear a lot of prophecies. People will come and say and tell you this, this, this. You know, it's even funny how some brothers, on the lighter mood actually, how some brothers will even come and say that the Lord spoke to me that you're my wife. The Lord, <laughs> all those brothers. I just used to look at them. I really was hoping that one of them was going to walk up to me and tell me that I was going to sit him down and take him PDA. Because I was wondering that what actually a lot of people will come to you with different visions. A lot of people will come to you. Some people will even be so dramatic that they make Christianity they make Christianity oh. hard for people. That's why you see them standing on chairs and tables, they will say their feet must not touch the ground. A lot of funny, funny things. And that is not how sometimes when God has called you to talk, take over a place, He has not called you to act in foolishness. That is why when God says take, take it first, then ask him for that, what should I do with this? But some people hear the take. When they hear the take, they go about saying a man, all manner of things, a lot of voices start speaking to them. And at the end of the day, they are frustrated. They will not say, God, should be the one mm-hmm. that said you are giving it to me. So I think the most important thing is to rounding up on my own side actually. I think that from Going from um, number 23, where we started from, we need to understand that when God says a thing, He's faithful. That's why the Bible says that um, that He who calls you is faithful. He will, the, the, uh, while I was in school, whenever I'm about to organize a program in my foundation, and there is probably a lot of things going on, maybe there's no cash, sponsorship is not coming, I'm always going back to God. God, because I actually have a book, I have a book where I write mm-hmm. God's promises for me. So I always go back and check. God, you said this. Tell me I know something about you. But if you have said a thing, it's come to pass. If you have called a man, you will stand by that man no matter what. No matter how hard, no matter how rough the road is, you will stand by it. Your promises are yes and amen. Then sometimes when I'm really, when, when I'm maybe a lot and things are a little bit tight and you know, money wise and everything, I go to God for some funny, funny things sometimes. and. That, that is how I actually build my relationship. I don't like going to God looking too serious. Why? What am I looking serious for? Before God, I am flawless. I just need to go to Him. I don't need to stretch. I don't need to form. Just go straight to Him and discuss. So sometimes, uh, God, I am like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I bring forth my fruit in my season. And you know, in a lot of things, I just keep confessing the word of God, confessing the word of God. And when I really want to see the work of God in an extraordinary or supernatural way in my life, then I try to become in as okay, bam. And when I do that, God is faithful. He has never for once actually disappointed me when I do that. So God is really faithful. So it doesn't matter what you do, it does not matter how you do it. What is important is how exactly. God is you need to know when God has called you to do a mm. thing. You need to know how because it's just like I give you my phone or I give you fifty thousand naira, and you collect it without asking me what should I do with it. When you collect the money, it either you, you you squander that money or you just assume something about the money. Probably I've given you the money to start a business, and you think that I've given you the money to get something, maybe to shop or something. So you must be able to. You know, it's funny how people mix the scriptures. They say that, eh, God is unquestionable. Have you all see? Oh, God, yes. come. There are times where you talk to your father. Mm-hmm. You ask him questions. You ask, that's why I said when I pray, I don't go to God too serious. 
there are times when you actually need some you know when you are fighting some kind of battle like <laughs> oh god i miss to this when you are when there is actually a time for you to actually fight some spiritual warfare that one is separate that one you need it in your life but i'm talking about when probably i just need to know something or god has said something i said god so you said i should do this thing and that's why i, I talk to myself a lot like i am a drama thing really so in my room there is a particular mirror in my room in the house so i always sit in front of that mirror and i will talk to myself in front of the mirror and by the time i'm done talking god has said something and i always know like, sometimes i might be talking to someone about something and while i'm telling that person that thing there are things that i never conceived before i've never known it it has never crossed my mind but why i am telling the person it comes up i don't bother my mind because i know how god works because i know that it's just too faithful how can you give me the lives of people and you will not tell me how to handle it it is not possible because you know that next to me i might be careless i don't think i know how to handle it so i have got questions how should i do it how should i go about it i don't act like <laughs> i am a semi-demi god even if i am a god yeah because i've been made in his likeness i don't act like it's only god that knows it all so i don't hide under the canopy of i know it all no I go back to my father. It's not the person that sent you an error that you go to for explanation. Is it not your lecturer that has been assigned to this particular course that you go to and seek for explanation? So I actually need people to understand how God is faithful and how we remain faithful. God is, oh my God, God is, God is, God works in a beautiful way. And I always tell people that if, if only you can trust God, life with God is easy. And you just be flowing. You know, I have an exam coming up soon, and I've been, I have my confession for almost everything in my life. I have confessions. So, if I'm planning for this, I have a confession. My exam that is coming up, I have a confession. So every morning after my quiet time, I, I don't actually shout it when I'm confessing it, because I know it's a. I just confess it in my mind, in my spirit. This is it. This is it. This is it. I cannot be afraid. I am no more. I have good success. You don't have my confessions, and those confessions are actually real because the words when you send word when you speak a word it comes with life. So I don't joke with my words. When you speak a word, it comes with life. So you expect that that word. And the truth is that the Bible makes us understand actually that when you speak forth a word, until that word is done achieving what he has been yeah. sent forth to do, it doesn't die. Very true. So people really need to understand that. So I think I've actually said it lot. So I'll just, I think I'm done. <laughs> so I'll just leave the rest to you so that you can also share some things. Okay, so um, I don't really have so much to share anymore. You've said a whole lot. But I'll just speak some highlights for me. So from um, chapter 13, okay. the part about vows. Yeah, I think that's chapter 13. You know, um, aside the whole thing about vows, you've already spoken about that. But something that struck me there was God pointed out authority to us in that place. That for a young lady that is unmarried, still living in her father's house, your father is the authority mm. over you. Mm. And then the moment you get married, it transfers to your husband. Now, as you know, we have so many people saying, um, you are a young lady, you're living in your father's house, you feel like I am 25, I'm 26. I 
can do as I want. Mm -hmm. Well, as we can see here, the person that has the authority over you is your father. So you should give him that respect, accord him with that um, due respect that, okay, he's the one that has the authority. There are some things that, okay, like personally now, there are some things I want to do. But then I know that I'm still in my father's house. I can't do these things because I know he would not want it. So I stay and I'm like, okay, fine. I pray that when I marry, my husband likes these things so that I can do it there. My father cannot come and tell me my husband's house wants to do all these things. So this is just for ladies, basically. And even everybody, even guys, you can't say because you're a man, uh, nobody has authority over you. No, there has to be an authority. You know, there's this saying that you sh for ladies, you should not marry a man that does not have an authority over him. If he does not have somebody he listens to, then you have yeah. to run. Because what if something right. happens and then you need somebody to do factory sets for him? Who would you go and meet? So there is a need for authority. There is a need for a father figure in everybody's life. Have somebody, either your spiritual father, your biological father, there is a need for an authority in our lives. And those authority, it, this year just shows us that even God accords them that respect. He, he accords them that, that regard as the authority over your life. So you can make a vow and then your father can nullify it. And before God, it is nullified. Like, so obviously you know that God regards them. So you, for God to regard somebody, obviously you have to regard that person. It's just normal. Then um, another thing I saw there yeah. was um, the part of the daughters of Zelopherhad that had, um, you know, the man had only daughters and then they needed to get their share of the property and they, they went straight up to Moses to go and confront him and talk to him about it. They did not, they did not become rebellious and said, I know um, we must do this, we must do that. They went to the right authority and stated their case. Okay, we have no brothers, but does that mean that nothing will come to us? And then Moses was like, okay, let me go to God. Now we see two things from there. Both parties went to consult the authority over them. Yes, the daughters of Zelophehad yeah. went to Moses. And Moses did not make any decision until he had heard from God. That still talks about authority. We mm. all need an authority of ours. It's just like there's something, there's this saying that my pastor says in RCCG. It says if your pastor, if your parish pastor says something, your area pastor can counter it. If your area pastor says something, your zonal pastor can counter it. On and on like that till it gets to the general overseer. And then we know that if the general overseer says something, the only person that has the authority over that is God. So if you need, if you, if you, it's just like in this case now, <laughs> Moses was the general overseer. They went straight to Moses and then Moses went to his own authority and that was God. And he got an answer and he gave it to them. And another thing that I love so much about Moses, I like, I really love that man. All through from Exodus to when he died in Deuteronomy, I think, you would always see, the Bible will say, and Moses did according as the Lord had commanded. 
and Moses did according to what God has commanded. Like he was always doing exactly what God told him to do. The one place where he did not do exactly what God told him to do, there was a problem for him. So we must also learn that thing. Do exactly what God says. Don't hide your own. Don't subtract from it. Don't say, if you feel like, okay, God, why don't we do it like this? Then talk to him. Make sure you get his approval first before you go ahead. Like you said earlier that we can talk to God. God is a father that we can talk to. So don't go all, eh, I think I should do it like this. Go and ask him first. It's just like in a secular workplace. Your boss says, I want this thing done like this. If you have a better option, tell him, sir, why don't we do it like this? I think it will yield the result if we do it like this. But you still have to get his approval. He still has to tell you, no, what I want is what I want. Or, okay, why don't, okay, I think we can do it the way you said. It's not that you will not run off and say you want to do it the way you want. No. That singular mistake that Moses made cost him the opportunity of entering the promised land, of being the one to finally lead the children of Israel. So we have to be careful. All three, he was doing exactly as God commanded. He was doing exactly as God commanded. Build the ark. He built it according to how God said. Share the um, property. Share the land. He did exactly. When the children of God, I think in one of the chapters too, um, maybe chapter 30, maybe 32 or 33, when the children of Reuben and God, when they said they wanted to stay in a particular place, he had to cause, and then God said, leave them. That's what they want, fine. But they must follow their brethren and fight with them before they will now go back. Before they... And there was something, um, Pastor Adeboye said during the last solemn assembly about um, this Reuben and God. It was like, God was just somebody that was doing follow-follow. He had the wrong association. Because the other side of Jordan where they stayed was not the promised land. They were to cross over to Jordan to get to the promised land. But they just felt uh, Reuben said this and then the children of God said, okay, let's follow. And then half of Manasseh did the same thing. So sometimes our association actually matters. So we must be very careful of who we associate with and the kind of people we we move with, especially in this season, God is very particular about relationships, the kind of friendships we keep. So we must be careful that we are not being friends with quitters or those that will settle for less, or else they will dra- they will drag us with them. Then, um, okay, finally, um, we see how Moses was. Um, how God told them to drive out the existing nations, they created boundaries, and then they they shared for the Levites and everything. There was just a whole lot of the city of refuge. If somebody kills somebody, if it is not if it is not intentional, he will run to the city of refuge until the priest dies. When the priest dies, he can come back, da 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 and da da da. All those are just really um, a whole lot. Then we now see how Moses recounted the journey from when they left um, Egypt to where they were at that time. And I think he did that basically for the purpose of, you know, all those people except Caleb and Joshua that were there at that time. 
were they were they did not leave egypt with them you know all those other people that originally left egypt had died on the way because of their rebellion so he had to keep them up to date he had to let them know okay this is what god has done for us this is how god led us through he had to fill them in to let them know the process through which god took them so that they would know exactly that this god is intentional about you and that was um that reminds me of what god told abraham god what god said about abraham that i know abraham he is a man that he would teach his family according to my precepts he would guide his family to walk in my way so moses did that to let them know moses could have just left them and said okay just continue the journey me i'll soon be going on just continue without keeping them up to date and even though he kept them up today we still see the mistakes that they made even after they got to the promised land now imagine if he did not tell them all the things that god had done for them so that's 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 just like talking about it just came to mind now that you know testimonies is is very good that we tell people what god has done for us especially our children let them know god for who he is let them know what he has done for you over time tell them your journey from beginning that's actually one of the best ways to teach people your experiences so far when you're able to tell them this is what god did for me this is what happened and this was how god showed up for me it becomes easy for them to relate with it and they are able to say oh wow okay god could do this then that means he can do for me too so I feel like the reason why Moses actually had to keep them up to date was to let them know that this is who God is and this is what he can do for you. If you would just follow him, if you would just obey him, your parents that did not do exactly as he said, this is what happened to them. So it is needed that you do this and do that exactly as God has said. So yeah, I think I'll just um, draw the curtain there. So... There was a whole lot. Actually, this, like I said in the last podcast that I featured in, that this is the first time I'm actually going to be reading all these <laughs> Old Testament stories and paying attention because most times I just read it like, oh, let's just read, let's just read because it's just story how they left one place and went to another place and yeah, like but but the thing is, but really, there's there's a yeah, whole that's, lot. That's what I wanted to say. That when you actually look at it, there you are. There's actually something about there's a, like there's always something significant about what someone did. It's just like how God was just making mm-hmm. covenant with um, with Abraham, telling him to build an altar, naming those places, giving them names. And for every time someone yeah. passes through that place, the person knows the name and knows why God gave that place that name. So actually, your testament for me isn't as boring as that, but <laughs> you know it can't be all the books of the Bible, you know. There are some books that I just I don't understand. Why? Why am I here? What am I reading? I don't understand. <laughs> so it's actually a very wonderful um, book mm-hmm. to read. The Old Testament is actually, you know, some, sometimes I always yeah. think that to know how God actually feels about us, how jealous He is, and how much He really cares and loves us. You need to read the Old Testament. You might not really understand if you go through the New Testament because, of course, when you give your life to Christ, you will. It automatically introduces you through the New Testament. So there is a man called Jesus. 
So he did this, he did that. But if you can go through the Old Testament, then you know why. Who did what? How did it come to place? You sometimes you may not just value some things about God's work or God's God dealing with men until you read the Old Testament. But you also have to be careful, yeah. or else you might actually tell God to be a wicked God. Or you might tell God to be someone that is more patient. You might tell him to be so like it's just like when God sincerely told Abraham that so uncle look at all these places. And you see them. You will only see, you will not get them. And then God Thank you, thank you. So and most of all those principles. Most of the disciplines that yeah, many people is. have today is actually from, from the Old Testament. That's why when you see so many of God, when you see them react or when you see them act, you might be wondering that, wait, where are these people from? Why are they this harsh? Some of them have been able to get some secrets and, and like some discipline from God and from his dealings that we that we are reading just New Testament might not actually have access to or might not understand. So, I think that um, today's session has <laughs> been long enough and it's actually one of my best because we were able to explore some areas that, you know, has been pressing on my mind that I really wanted to, you know, talk about. So, thank you for joining today <laughs> and we, only, we hope that God's word actually blesses you. We hope that you've been able to learn something and gain something. So can we just say a word of prayer? Everlasting Father, we thank you for your word that has come forth for us today. We thank you because we know that you are the man that blesses and no one can cause. We thank you because we know that your love is everlasting and eternal for us. Thank you, Father. We bless you, Lord. As we walk in the understanding of this, we say glory unto your name. For in Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen.